Welcome to episode one of season one of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu Venable. I am your host. I'm Matt Tappy Cadwallader. Hi, I'm Greg Stork Wilson. And we're going to uh, kind of see how this works out and see if it's something that we can do and if we can do it on a regular basis. Don't know. And he's a laser hero, a big yet master leg. And if you miss a dice roll, he may just take a pet. Don't forget about his factory for family and foe. And if this is his last chance, well, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm John. I'm Stork. I'm Claire. This is Tappy. And I'm Kimmy. And we have a a room chock full of geek. And he's a laser-printed hero, a figure cast in lead. And if you miss a dice roll, he may just end up dead. Don't forget about his backstory, both family and foe. Thank you for joining us for season three, episode one of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Casey. And I'm Bruce. And, and I'm, I'm Kimmy. Back. Oh, and Bruce is back, and I'm still Kimmy. <laughs> Bruce has got back. <laughs> the following program may be explicit. Eye for an eye is the way that we're rolling, and we got some more mass requirement and told we'll shock you. We will all you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack, what's that, bitch? I got a big back scratcher, you a bad itch. You're a weak fight, like a Thank you for joining us for Season 4, Episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. And I'm Stork. And that's it. That, yeah, It's just the two of us. Start recording on my mark. Three, two, one. Check, check, check. One, two, check, one, two. Check, check, mic is on. If you would like to ask a question or leave a comment to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Or call our voicemail at 626-629-8RPG. That's 626-629-8RPG. If you would like to participate in our forum, it is at happyjacks.org slash forum. That's happyjacks.org slash forum. Follow us on Twitter at happyjacksrpg. All one word. Cue the music. So now we're back in character, Jen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we have this good idea. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back in character, Jen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's 
Thank you for joining us for Season 5, Episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Tyler. This is Casey. And filling in for the place of Kimmy... is Stork. <laughs> blurb. 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 Um, <laughs> the following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And I storked it. I fucked up the die roll. I storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. And I know I'm an asshole because I storked it. And I storked it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole because I storked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 10, Episode 1 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Tyler. This is Stork. I'm Kadave! Alright, I don't know why I thought we were going to go around the other way. No, we always go that way. I know, but I don't... You know what? It's because Dave is usually sitting right there. I'm almost never first when I'm in this spot. That's right, that's true. Okay, when you asked me to go mow that guy's lawn, I -hmm. did not know it was going to take a week. (laughs) To, like, go out there and come back and shit. That was fucked up, dude. I'm sorry. That's fucked I up. Didn't, I, I forgot the return tickets. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was my fault. I was stuck out there in a fucking truck. Dry. I, was I know. Awful. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. And I. And at least you didn't have to do the laundry. It was a bad laundry day. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, and I storked it. I fucked up the die roll. I storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. And I know I'm an asshole because I storked it. And I storked it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole because I storked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 1 of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Mary. This is Stork. And this is Kurt. I'm in Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, Hello. And welcome to Season 20, Episode 20! 20. 20! Of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Stork. And I'm Jim. I kind of got a tear in my eye listening to all that I, stuff. I know, we've been I doing kinda, this for a long time. Jeez, yeah. God. I, and I, all, I forgot all about blurb. Right, blurb. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff. And I'm, we're sitting here listening with Jeb and, and sitting here awkwardly going, Jeb's not in any of these. What? He wasn't in any episode ones. I, yeah. I, I, it was all ones. I did all yeah. the... When we get to 25 and you recap... Twenty, yes. You could say you were here. Yeah, and I was gonna. I was gonna actually do all of the uh, all of the episode ones. All twenty. And I realized it was gonna take like twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, after I got to the fifth one, I'm like, yeah, this is getting long. Even not even ten is enough. Right. Yeah. But I did seven, so seven total. So. But if Hi. you want to do that at home, you can go back and just listen to our backlog. They're all just, up there. Yeah, they're all they're there. All up there. And then t- until my hosting company says, um, you need to like get some of this shit off of there, because <laughs> with this and the actual plays, there's a lot of stuff going up in my my uh, server right now. Mm. A lot of stuff going up on the server. How much longer have you got? 
Uh, the room is unlimited. And so is the bandwidth. It's unlimited. Until they decide to limit it. Until they, like, you know what? You're actually costing us more than you're paying us. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're thinking that you're, you know, hosting porn or something, in which case you have lots of money. But that's not really not the case. I'm not paying like I make porn money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't figure that out. Well, you, you have all this bandwidth going up. What else could you be doing? Right. Well, that's what the internet is for, isn't it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I figured I'd do a little montage since it's our the last of the of the season 20 episodes and and the next episode the the podcast will be of drinking age even though technically we don't do one season a year we do like two seasons a year plus but in in season years we'll be 21 yeah in podcast years years, we'll be 21 next week (laughs) uh in this episode of happy jacks rpg podcast steve from atlanta asks why we tend towards certain game systems Hmm. bud asks about the traveler timeline and Jonas Larson writes in with relationship advice. Or four? I don't remember. No, it was four. Four relationship advice. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's all one word, no space in between the Happy Jacks No, RPG. no space. All one word. They should know that by now. Yeah, it, although I think emails can be upper and lowercase, and then no one uses it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, social media. We have, we're on the meteors. And we, we work them. And we're social. And we're social. Except Stork. Yeah, if you want to make a comment on the meteors. hey right? <laughs> right? Leave a comment on the... Is this on? Did I say that last week? <laughs> Am I repeating myself? Uh, you can find Stork on Tribe.net. And you yes. can also find him on MySpace. Oh, I was actually going through... I, I, I changed... Uh, um, uh, 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 Internet from, service providers? Yeah, no, I changed uh, um, search engines. Because Mozilla is starting to piss me off, and I'm like, "All right, so I'll end." So anyway, I went search and you mean I, browsers? Yeah, browsers. Yeah, okay, that right. one. Yeah, right. See, I'm so hip on the <laughs> lingo. And What'd I was going. Go I was going. Well, I I tried Chrome, and it's, I spent most of the day today fucking with both of them. I'm like, "Fuck it," I don't like either of them anymore now. Oh, really? I've been using Chrome. It's, it, it turns out if you have a lot of bookmarks, like role playing games, when you go over the bookmark thing, it takes like five seconds to load. I'm like, yeah. Well, you can't abuse. Uh, you, can, you might want to try Opera. <clears throat> I'll, I'll I'll look into it, <laughs> but and, and it, depending on which browser you're using, sometimes it's an entire instance of the of the browser every time you have a tab. It, it, At yes. least it used to be. I don't know if it is I got rid of tabs because those pissed me off too. And so, and so I've been oh, fucking with it. So I'm just really tabs. not that happy with the whole uh, either one. So anyway, the point being that I was going through some of my bookmarks, getting rid of it. I found like some old MySpace things from people, etc. I'm like. Wow! So I click. It's on it. still like, there. It's still there. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. it I, I don't know how many <laughs> daily users they have, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. Now, every so often, Tribe goes down because whoever it is forgets to pay their hosting bill. <laughs> I mean, it might actually be gone now. I don't know. I don't know if it's about Tribe. It's a MySpace that I found, and I clicked Uh-oh. on it, and everything came up. Yeah, it's a placeholder. This domain has been registered with Gandhi.net. It is currently being parked by the owner. That's Tribe. Yep. Oh well. But yeah, remember MySpace and your top eight and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was sort of a trip down memory lane when you're going through your old bookmarks, you know, right? They, they, they go were through right, like, they were oh right in there, and they were growing, and they were like yeah. going to be the social yeah, media man. giant, and then Facebook came in and spanked them, uh, and all the other ones too. I mean, I mean, I mean, I got I got built in, I got sucked into all of them, and that's when I was like, "There's a line in the sand, not getting on another one." And of course, Facebook is the one that's that's the one that's got like. Oh, right, but that was the line I drew. That's the, that's the mountain I decided to die on, and it's like, oh shit, I guess. Well, but no, and you died there. Well, I did. you're on you're on Twitter. 
I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, one of us. One real. of us tweets for you at least, you know, once a week. How am so. I doing? <laughs> if I, if I move fast, photographs uh, of food. I don't, I, I don't know how many followers you have. <laughs> Probably have more followers than I do. Last time we checked, yeah, it was apparently I have more than Tyler, and of course that pissed him off. <laughs> he's well, Tyler's not a very personable person. He's competitive too, and I'm <laughs> clearly not. Oh, you've got 282 followers. Are you kidding me? No. How many? Yeah. Of you? Well, you've got thousands. No, actually, I don't. I have somewhere in the 700 range. Yeah, there you go. I don't have anything resembling like Stu and Kimmy do. Oh, I'm sure. Cause I, I have 1,062. Kimmy's got like three or four grand. But she's got... Uh, she, she crosses a lot of genres there. She crosses a lot of streams. I'm not sure how many... She, no, no, no. She changed her name. That's right. I don't know. Anyway... Uh, oh, so we are on social media. Right. <laughs> you can go to... You can follow us on Twitter... Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we're also on the Instagram, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we're on Facebook, Happy Jacks RPG, I guess. I don't know. I'll just look for the group. There's a group, and then there's also a page. You can like us if you like. We would like for you to like us. It's up to you, Edward. Yeah. It's no pressure. I don't even look at it. Not anymore. Well, every so often, I, there, someone will send a message there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll look at those. Yeah. If I want to remember. I'm not very good at social media. That's kind of That's why we have Kimmy do yeah. it. It is. It, <laughs> it takes is. a lot of time. You have to be in front of a computer a lot, and you have to be active, and yep, you have to answer them quickly, or people think they they hate you. Hate them, right? Strategicon, no, uh, February sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, Valentine's seventeenth, eighteenth, President's 19th, Day 19th. weekend, President's Day weekend, Valentine's Day. No, no, that's like on a Wednesday or something. All right, it's Valentine's Con. Hold on. He's going to find out. And that's at the LA 16th, 17th, 17th 18th, 18th, and 19th. I was right one of those times. <laughs> and that's at uh, the LAX Hilton Hotel. And you can go to Strategicon, Strategicon, just like it sounds, spell it that way, dot net to find out all of that information there. I have games up. You have games up. Yes. Already? Yep. Yeah. My games are prepped. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I said, my to, games are prepped. I said to print stuff. That's crazy. Crazy that they're even up. <laughs> it's going to be fan- it's going to be fantastic. Well, mine are a little bit by request because coming out of the last con team was like, you need to run this and this, and I went, okay, done, <laughs> problem solved. Why do we tend towards certain games? From Steve from Atlanta. Hi, folks. I'm in a long-running D and D campaign that is ending soon. I offered to run something for the group after that and was looking over the hard copy books I have. I pulled out Dresden Files, Numenera, I hear that book's beautiful, and <laughs> it's a lovely book. And Mongoose Conan as my first options. That made me think, why did I select those? After some thought, I believe it is because all three focus more on character development instead of item gathering hmm. or hoarding, as some of us would call it. Uh, Dresden Files and Numenera are easy to see, but Conan threw me at first. Then I realized it's a D20 system, but items and magic are rare, and most times not something you want to deal with for long periods. I'm assuming that you, there's like a lot of like swords inhabited by sentient... By demons and... Right. Magic and Conan was pretty Bad dark shit. stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it was not something you really wanted to get involved now, in. I'm not talking about the game. I'm actually talking about Robert E. Howard books. Magic was just dark, yeah. dark stuff. Right. Well, you know, wizards were all wizards were insane and, you know, they were me- fr- megalomaniacal. He, he, was, he was friends with H.P. Lovecraft, so. Oh, was he? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, they all wrote that pulp 
fiction at the same time. And okay. I've heard tell that they talked and maybe shared ideas. I know there were some other contemporaries of Lovecraft, and they sort of yes borrowed yeah. and added to each yes. other's mythos. That's that's not uncommon. <clears throat> Most yeah. ri- of the writers I know belong to writing circles, and it's just kind of like this Brownian movement of thought. Mm-hmm. Um. But so that's why. No magic. It's more about personal character growth, including feats and uh, and and such. Of course, uh, I have grown as I have grown as a person and a GM. Uh, I prefer, and those are mutually exclusive because most GMs aren't people. Uh, I you could pref- be a grown master. Uh, that's true. Um, oh, he's really good at puns. I'm. Uh, <laughs> no, you're supposed to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told my kids a dad joke a couple oh, of times. Oh, you're, you're the And they you're blinked up. at me, and I don't I can't remember what it was. I love dad jokes. God, what was it? Every do. time I try to tell a joke, Gina just rolls her eyes and looks at me and goes, You're such a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll search it when I get a, when I get a second. But it, 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 was, it was awesome. It was a fantastic joke. Oh, no, I told it last week or the week before. Okay. You don't remember that? I, yes. I don't remember what I have joke a Polish was. friend who's a sound engineer. And a check one too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> killed you. <laughs> it did. It killed me. My kids are like, we don't get it. And then I answered it with the other one, which is, uh, you care about the guy that went up a pole and came down a Russian? Right. Yeah. That's that's from a certain era, though. My right. kids now are like, that's what? almost a vaudeville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I pre- as I, I've grown as a person and a GM, I prefer the story over loot and hope to show my group how much fun that viewpoint can be. Give that a try and see what your top three games to run would be. And if you can, break it down into a single thread that connects all of them. Go! Okay. Am I all supposed right. to go first? Or? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. I have to, I have to think about this. I wasn't planning on it um, yet. I am usually drawn to game systems that favor narrative over heavyweight mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to lean towards... Things like Savage Worlds, Powered by the Apocalypse games, Fate, things like that. But at the same time, I really love Hero System mm-hmm. because and GURPS because the... Which are not mechanically light games. No, they're not. The exact opposite. But, but in both of those cases, the mechanics are, are have an elegance to them, mm-hmm. and they don't get in the way of the narrative. They support the narrative. Right. I think that's the key element right there, is that... The, me- the game mechanics, whatever they are, support the narrative and the evolving story that we're trying to tell. Yeah. Okay. I tend to gravitate towards games that I know the mechanics for. <laughs> 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 so I don't have to do any more reading than I already have. Right? <laughs> and, or, or be caught flat-footed when somebody... Uh, actually, uh, the falling rules, when you fall down the turn of the stairs, would be uh, 1 times 5 to the square root of 18 for uh, for every... Oh my god, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> there, right. I don't want to be st- in that position having to spend 20 minutes adjudicating a rule because I didn't understand it. But, but more to the point, I feel more comfortable with a system that I... I don't have to think so much about the rules. Go away. Sure, it's just like acting. They say that uh, you memorize the lines to a point where they just go away, and then you can concentrate on the scene. Right. And I've seen then you can concentrate on getting them all in the right getting order. them all in the right order. <laughs> and I've seen the mook do it with Gerps. He knows it so well that the that the rules yeah. all fade away, and you can concentrate on the story. And that's really my criteria of the top three games. It'll probably be you know Mongoose Traveler because it's elegant, simple. Uh, even players who don't know the game pick it up in twenty minutes. 
like, oh, I got two dice, armor subtractive, we're going. Yeah, okay, right. this is easy. It's, it's, it's intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Savage Worlds, because again, even though it seems like it's really crunchy, it really goes by quick. Things go pretty quick yeah. if you know your rules and you say, do this, do this, do this. It can be pretty quick. And then I'd probably just default to classic old Dungeons and Dragons. For the, even though the rules are clunky or whatever, I know them still. Right. And I can play around in that game and just eventually, yeah, roll a d20, let's see what happens. Right. I think but, it's a really good point. And I think it's um, the more comfortable we are with a rule set, the more the rule set kind of recedes into the background. And I think that's why um, some games feel cumbersome and difficult, particularly at first, is because it's very alien. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the games we've mentioned ha- share something in common. They have a mechanic. Mm-hmm. They're different mechanics, but they have a mechanic. Mm-hmm. In GURPS, no matter what you're going to do, you're going to do the same thing mechanically. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick up three dice, pick up three and, dice and, and, and hope you roll low. And you want yeah. all of them? That's right. it. You know, Savage Worlds, you're going to pick up a die type and a wild type, and you're going to roll them. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that. Right. It's never going to be something different. Right. And I think that's kind of a key element. It is. Some of the old school games and such, you would roll some dice and then consult a chart, and then get out a slide rule. Um, and a They really were abstracted. They were abstracted math with a lot of old things. They've gotten to the point now, everything's been windowed down, and I think everybody's well, designing chart, games charts, that are mechanics like ch- Charts in modern RPGs are kind of... Almost g- gone. Yeah. I mean, you're going to... Obviously, you're going to have some you know, yeah, equipment yeah. charts and shit like I'm that. I'm not saying they're but all you're gone. Not, you're never going to have, like, Probability a, a die-mechanic resolution chart. Right. It's not... You know, you don't... Yeah. Because everyone knows now... I mean, you even know. the fir- original Dungeons & Dragons with the... Thing it had like if you're a wizard, here's your table, and if you're a well, thief, here's I mean, your like table. For, in in for example, Savage Worlds. I think they're in the entire book, not including like lists of equipment and whatnot. I think there are three things that are listed on tables, right? Um, yeah. You know that that are mechanically results driven. Right. Yeah, like the like critical wound the fear table or, right. and the incapacitation table, right? And there's one other one I can't remember what it is off the top and of the, And every so often, having a table is kind of fun. It is. Especially when it's something critical like that. Oh, yeah. That's one th- the one thing I really liked about about FFG Star Wars. Is they have that, that the table of the... Is it called Critical the Wounds? Critical, the critical, the critical, like success, critical results. Yeah, the critical wound thing. And they have, like have one for people, and they have one for ships, and mm-hmm. they have... Um, I like the game system. Um, the, it's... There are some things about it that I, I found a little difficult. I don't from like a character generation. I don't like their character generation. It's too complicated. It doesn't need to be that complicated. I would agree with that. I uh, I don't mind tables. I like my games without too many of them. Right. And if you want tables, the internet is full of them. Yeah. I mean, you can get tables for in menus, <coughs> uh, for people's facial characteristics and ticks, uh, clothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's random generators that'll do it for you even. But so all of that stuff is out there. I'd rather have a game system that's just sort of, you know, elegant and simple, and the rules are intuitive. Right. Because again, even if the GM understands it, I also want my players to be comfortable running it too. Right. I don't want them rolling a handful of dice and they look at you with blinking, going, "Now what do I do?" Right. If it's if it's like roll two dice and if it's above eight, tell me, and they're like. Oh, that's it? That's it. Okay, I can do that. Right. And and now they're comfortable, too. Well, I think that's the smartest thing that um, Wizards of the Coast ever did and the Pathfinder guys ever did was to take out all of the, the variation on things where you'd roll a d20 for this, you'd roll a d, you know, couple of d6 for that. Everything you do in those games is a d20 right. now. 
Yeah, yeah. It's always the same mechanic. It's a D20 plus some stuff, and mm-hmm. you want to exceed a number. And that's kind of what he says here, too, about yeah. the, the D20 system. So. I, uh, that's my, anyway. That's my criteria. What's yours, Stu? Uh, my well, the, I, I start thinking. What are the games? If, if I could run anything right now, what would it be? Travel, Mongoose Traveler. Because I love Mongoose Travel. So fun. Um, GURPS, which I, I you haven't run a GURPS I, game in a long it's time. It's been a long time. I, I, I will. I will. I swear to God, I will run one. We got to get the MOOC in here. Do an actual play. Oh, no, I tried. tried. He tried. I tried. Uh, and what was the third one? I can't remember what the third one was. Savage World? No, no, uh, no. Uh, it's a moment of truth. No, well, that, but I, I mean, that doesn't count. But yeah, yes, that one too, and I realized why I wrote that game the way I wrote it. The other one was uh, White Wolf Games. Mm. Um, the D10 dice pools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reason I wrote Moment of Truth, the one thing that all f- four of those game system ha- systems have in common, combat goes pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's over fast, and it's resolved, so you can get it back onto role-playing. And I think that is the thing that d- draws me to want to play those games, because you've got a, got a laser rifle, and I shoot you with it, and Traveler, you're... you're and I hit you, yeah. you're probably going to go down. Yep. Or stay down. At least after one or two shots. Not nine. Nope. Right. It's with, like, a, with a chance of every round coming back to life. Right. <laughs> and that's that's the thing I like. And that's the one, I think, my well, biggest... One of my biggest criticisms of uh, the more modern um, uh, D&D versions... As four was terrible with that. And five is... Five has its issues a little bit as well. You've got you got a, you got a big dice pool when you get higher levels, and also healing is so cheap and so common that it it's just like we're going to sit and play combat all night until everyone's out of abilities to heal right. or certain action surges or whatever. Until okay, well, now everyone's exhausted their resources. Now this guy's gone. But it's been two hours to figure right. that out. It's an attrition-based game, and I yes. think that's something that we, I think, the three of us share is that we want combat to be quick mm-hmm. and high energy and done. Right. Well, I mean, they're all they're all attrition games because they all you all have a set number of hit points that you have to whittle down to zero. But you can do it in one or two attacks in most of those games. You ain't going to do that in D&D unless you're first level. Yeah, you, well, just, you just level. learn to design design encounters that aren't just you smack, take damage, you smack, take damage. You can't avoid it sometimes, but you try to. Because then you, you try to. All the emails you get about, how can I make combat more interesting? It's like different combat. Play a different game. Or, yeah. <laughs> Play a game where combat's not so long. Um, yeah. Um, I saw an alternate combat system for Pathfinder mm-hmm. where weapon damage was a percentage of total oh. hit points. Okay. Now what do you do about big stuff like dragons? Yeah, because then you're smacking it for hundreds of points. Well, it's, it's The idea was to make combat sure. stupid fast right. in, in Pathfinder. And um, every weapon... You rolled percentiles, and you did that percentage of of their damage. So you could hit, stab someone with a dagger, and roll double lots on your damage and drop them. Right, that makes sense. You know, but it does. It makes sense. It can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what it basically does is it is it takes an attrition based system and turns it into a um, an event based system. Right. 
Well, fortune too. I mean, because you're, you're lucky if you roll the double odds. Right. Um, but well, I mean, that can also happen to you. Yes. Th- that's. I think that's one of the reasons that people sort of rail against any any house rules that speed up D and D because you've got that flat, not even a curve, you're that flat probability line with a D twenty. Yeah. yeah. So that you're you know, there's no favor anywhere in there except unless you have a higher unless your target your adds to the target number are higher, right? Um, well, every plus one is a, is five percent, right? Obviously, but um, but your chances of rolling a twenty, <laughs> but your chances of, of rolling a twenty, and I mean, the, the, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Right. But the, the I think the that that distribution of numbers and the percentages is so harsh uh-huh. that I think they extend the amount of time you're rolling, so that those wild swings. In probabilities, yeah. get sort of narrowed down yeah. and become well, become less relevant. For me, right? with attrition-based systems, uh, the sweet spot is level five to eight. Mm-hmm. That's when the game is the most fun to play, and to me, yeah, because you're capable enough to be able to do stuff, right? But things are not so don't have so many hit points that it's just we're going to be here all day, right? That's what I noticed around like level nine or ten. In the fifth edition game, that's when combat started getting long. Yeah, it, and, and it does. It does, somewhere around five is. I think that you're. I think you're right. That's where it, I think it's best. So yeah, just tell the players you can't go past level eight. Sorry, I have no problem with combat or even long combat as long as it's an interesting combat and people are doing smart and interesting things. It takes a long. It takes a it takes a lot of effort to make a long combat. It smart, does. And smart. Uh, it also depends on the players. If somebody's busy rescuing the princess while you're distracting the ogre. I mean, your combat can go on for a long time because it's by yourself or whatever. Or whatever. I mean, I was just pulling this out of my, right. my ass. But but I do have a problem when everybody stands in a circle and they hit and they, you hit and they hit and you hit and they hit and everybody goes around and around and around and you stand and you stand well, for I mean, eight hours. I, there there are times in particular kinds of games where it's tactically advantaged to get into a, a specific position. Yeah. And stay there. Yes. I get, I, you know, I, I you get that. Make a murder funnel. I get that, or whatever. Like, you know, near I, a doorway, and as the monsters come in, you start taking I'm not, them out. I'm not saying that that tactics isn't important. I'm not even. I, I was just saying, you know, you know how it gets. At some point, oh, yeah. everybody's in combat, and, and it's the equivalent of standing in a circle, and everybody takes a turn. I roll. I hit. I do damage. And, I roll. And that's, I hit, I'm not. I it's not. Not that that's a viable tactic. Although maybe it is. From you know, like a gelatinous there, cube or something. There's but. also <laughs> the question of whether the char- the players, as their characters. Feel and the ever presence of danger. Right. If they don't, they're just going to keep slugging it out. Right. And it's just boring. But if they perceive real danger to them, at least the players I have are like, "Yeah, no, I'm out. Deuces. I'm I'm gone." Um, Which we were running a a five E campaign, and they walked into an ambush. There were people on the ground <coughs> attacking them. There were people on the rooftops attacking them, and there were wizards on the rooftops throwing things at them. Right. This made their lives very unpleasant for mm-hmm. a while. Um, but they realized very quickly that they were not in a good position, so they did things about it. Right. Rather than, you know, just slug, 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 slug. Oh yeah. I also. I mean, and yeah. Th- I mean, those interesting things happen. But even when those interesting th- things happen, you're going to get to the point where. Some of the guys are going to get up on the roof and start yeah. knocking off those guys, yeah. or they're going to get into a position where the archers can hit them, and then it turns back into the 
and roll. And, and I'm not a 12-year-old anymore. It's just not that cool. I mean, video but games have, have supplanted that for me. It's like it's really cool when you take on the, the mini-boss in, in a level on a campaign, and you're like, yeah! It's not as satisfying as it is in, in a role-playing game anymore. Yeah, well, it that's, used to be. That, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about, about the White Wolf games. You've got seven hit points. Yeah? Yeah. And that's it. And Savage World, you have three? Right, yeah. And I... I, I I just want to get the combat. I, I want the combat to be interesting and exciting, mm-hmm. but I want to get to a re- resolution as quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah. And then once once you're there, then you can get on with the repercussions of the combat. Which, I mean, there are some. Right. Hopefully. I agree. So that's that's why that's me. So that's your criteria is basically combat light. I, well, I real I went through. I, I figured these are the games. I, if I were playing <laughs> right now, what is the similarity between all three of them? <coughs> and that's really it. That and simple mechanics. I like simple. Well. Might well just in simple mechanics. Like straightforward mechanics, right? Where again, like we said earlier, where you're, it's the same mechanic no matter what you're doing. Right. What you do uh, with the game part of it is always the same thing. And I, on the other hand, I don't care how stupid or complex the mechanic is, as long as I know it, <laughs> I'm all right with it. <laughs> if you took the time to learn it Damn 27 it. years ago, <laughs> yeah, we learned it. Uh, thanks for the podcast and APs. I have greatly improved my GMing thanks to information dredged from here and some other podcasts. Whichever game I end up running, I'll be creating problems, not solutions. Where's my where's Why my problem make or no problem have you don't want to make? Is where's that the my one? applause? I want my applause. Oh. Damn you. Where's my applause? Oh, there it is. Yay. Yay. Yes. I always picture the... The, the old ladies in the three-dimensional stuff from, from Monty Python, whenever I right. see that. Yeah. They're wearing, those, they're wearing the, the black and, or the red and blue glasses. I Happy, think. Happy okay. Jacks is still my surrogate gaming family. Uh, just wish the time zones lined up better for interaction in Twitch. More often, Steve from Atlanta. Thank you very much. Well, Steve, here's what you do. In February, you get on a plane, you fly out to L.A., you come to a game con, play a bunch of games, have some fun. Yeah. That's what you do. There you go. Traveler time r- timeline from Bud. Bud. I put the link on here to the where the, you can go to find that. Do you want the, the really long email or the really short <coughs> one? Oh, I don't care. It's a, okay. oh, you want me to do the short one? Go. Okay. Stu, RE Mongoose 2E Traveler timeline. I'm new to 2E. I'm seeking an overall timeline slash history for a new game group. Can you assist? Rest regards. And then I put the link. That's it. That's the whole email. That's right the there. whole email. Um, yes. There, the. Go ahead. There's about a million um, volumes of the Traveler's Aid Society magazine from way back in the day that I bet you can find online. Probably yeah. like more like twenty. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't come out with very many of them, um, but that but, was fantastic. But they have hard to find all the history you want. There's uh, the various setting books like the Spinward Marches and things like that. That you can dredge information. There's little. From. It's spread out though, especially in those old books, the little black books. What he's, he's talking about the, the little yeah. digest size little the, black books. The little books from the seventies and eighties, which I had, and they disappeared. I've, I've got some on eBay. I have the original three, and plus I've got. I don't know if I have you a can high guard. Find them. They're they're out there. They are yeah. out there, and also but, I think they're all available those, on PDF. A lot of those are expansions on character stuff. When it comes Some to setting, it. well, um, I was just spin your wart, spin library your data, yeah. A through M. Yeah, they never came out with library data N through Z. Not, oh, to really? my knowledge, I don't think they did. I don't think it ever. I came don't out. remember them, but but, but that the library data book has a lot of information about 
the setting. And if if you go to wiki.travelerrpg, that's with two L's, dot yes, com. That's that's key. There's I don't know who this is. This might be a, an actual official Traveler RPG people. I'm not sure. But it's a wiki page where they have gone in and dutifully taken stuff. Because I went through here and I found like the list of emperors. Uh-huh. Well, while he's doing that, let me, let me just be clear here for one second. I, I, and it's probably pedantic, but I want to make sure we know this. 2E is not a brand new game. All it's really doing is turning up a dusting off of the rules. All the stuff that they created for Traveler 20, 25 years ago is still viable now. Absolutely. So we're yeah. talking about a setting. We're actually talking about stuff that they came out with 25 yeah. years I ago. I don't think there's any third Imperium. Because the, the, the setting in, in right. the original Traveler game was the third Imperium. Right. right. And the year that traditionally that you play in is sometime around 1100 after the founding of the third. So edition. I just want to be clear. If you're looking for settings written for 2E, they don't exist because no. they don't have one. The thing is, it right. still works in the traditional old setting from right. 25 They have the ago. original Traveler setting. My guess is that probably didn't come with the license. Probably that not. Would, that would be my guess. Uh, but I'm just saying, if that's that's what that's probably what you're looking for. Maybe you're getting hung up on that. I just want to be clear about that because it, uh, I, we didn't actually say that. Right. But <laughs> the, that wiki has an enormous amount of information. It's not written in... Obviously, it's a wiki, so it's not written in a narrative way, so you can sit there and read through the history of the Third Imperium or read what the, right. the setting yeah. is like. But it gives you... Like, like I went through and, and, and read through, and I had never read, read through all of the emperors of the Third Imperium. And the different dynasties, and you kind of you don't get a narrative of it, but you get little glimpses and pieces like, oh well, this dynasty ended here and started there, so something bad happened to the previous yeah. dynasty, um, and then, and, and at the bottom it listed the sources for it, and the sources were, uh, li- fucking page just went away. There it is. Um, oh, how are those tabs treating you now? I don't have tabs. <laughs> oh, I hit the wrong. I, I went at that button. There we go. Classic Traveler Library Data A through M, which I've already mentioned. Yep. Uh, Journal to the Traveler's Aid Society, Issue 4. Because apparently that's where all the Emperor stuff was. I don't think I have that issue. I, I own like one or two copies I, I got on eBay. My favorite part of them was mm-hmm. actually that like every few pages they'd have a little blurb which was like, News from the Traveler's Aid Society. Yeah. And oh, yeah. This little blur. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And they were all something. dated. Uh, yeah, they were all dated. About yeah, wars boring. somewhere, or usually yeah. between, like, in it, the Spinward Marches. I'm pretty sure that when they did uh, the Starship Troopers, they kind of stole that because they had those little, like, like oh, ads yeah. and commercials right. and stuff in there. And it's, it's very sort of similar. But the, the, yeah. um, the, the, just sort of like a basic summary of the setting Traveler, generally speaking, Takes place in the Spinward Marches. That's that's the sector of the Third Imperium that they expanded the most on, right. and it has segments of the Third Imperium. It also has segments of the Zodani Consulate, which is sort of the big ooh scary bad guys that use a lot of psionics. They're lions. Oh, that's the no, Aslan. that's the Aslan. The Aslan, right? Of course, uh, Aslan. And they're way on the other. They're actually way. They're not anywhere near the third. The the Spinward Marches, the Varger. Uh, Varger Extents, I think they were called, or something like yes, that. Varger, Varger something. But that, those are the dog boys. And they're sort of like up near the north or coreward part of it. Uh, then there was the Sword Worlds, mm-hmm. which were the worlds that were sort of by themselves. And then there was the Darien Confederation, right. which was a small group of stars where there was actually one planet with a tech level of 16, which you could not randomly roll, if I remember correctly, in when you're making your own subsectors. 
Now, and, and within each of those subsectors, there's also stuff that's been uncharted. So if you wanted to, you can yeah. put a planet there. There's just stuff. That's well, well, uh, th- spinward, spinward marches. They 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 develop the yes. entire every star system in, fact, in there. I was going to say I was holding time, but that was a good time to say it. There's a map out there, maybe a couple where you the whole third imp- it's Im- the third huge. imperium yeah. and all the surrounding areas, and we and they've got uh, the star- stats for all of and, the systems. And for we that played it. Thing. I think at Bill's house years ago, we had it up on his television. Yeah, and we realized how massive this is because you're really only traveling six jumps, maybe at a time or something, well, you, and that doesn't take you very far. And then when you zoom out, you realize this thing is the size of a solar system. It would or, take uh, of a galaxy. It would take you years fast. to get a, to go from one end of that map. And they've to the done end. this work, and it's all there. And it's yeah. really, yeah. really cool. And they sort of uh, GDW sort of, I guess, farmed out. Certain sectors to other people. Paranoia Press came out with one. Yeah. They had their own sector where they had, you know, and they might be a little piece of the Imperium in it, like yeah. the, like just the, like the little top corners, right. a little bit of Imperial territory, and then right. they kind of came up with all their other stuff for it. Right. I, I if memory serves, and I may be wrong here, but if memory serves, the GDW actually wrote the Spinward Marches. Yes, the Spinward Marches was and was a GDW other people program. wrote the other pieces that we yeah. talked. Well, about. they did come out. Um, they did come out with a couple other sectors. I think they made a core sector book, which is where the capital is. Right. Um, okay. But, but what kind of fun game are you going to have there? None. It'd be like playing Star Wars on Coruscant. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Unless you want to do a political game, I mean, and, that, and which it would be, be a lot of fun. We played in the Sword Worlds. That was where our game was. Yeah, that, was that's in the, that's in the in the and, yeah the Spinward Marches. Um, Travelers were robust enough to, to handle. If you can make a bunch of debutantes and, and politicians that's true. and lawyers, yeah, you could. You, it's robust enough to handle could. a game like uh, the Inukai game, except everybody's being you know lawyers and politicians right. and there's assassinations. And you t- talk about high stakes. You're talking about yeah. a, talking about an <laughs> empire of, I don't know, probably three or 4,000 stars. It's not what people think of when they play Traveler, but that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, good. You, know? yeah. Uh, you can also check out um, GURPS Traveler. Uh, Interst- oh, what was the name of that book? They came out with a fourth edition book, and I can't remember the name of it. It's Gerb's Traveler, blah blah blah. They came out with one book in for third edition, which was basically here's how to convert stuff from Traveler into Gerb's, or here's how to make characters and what what kind of skill sets characters are going to have in the tra- Traveler universe. I don't recall it having a bunch of setting stuff in it, but the book they came out with, I think it's called Interstellar Wars. And it is, uh, it was a fourth edition GURPS book licensed from Mark Miller, I guess. I don't know who owns the the Third Imperium universe. I, I don't know anymore either. It takes Just place. Fast, I have some part of that. It too. takes place earlier in the Third Imperium, kind of. I think before it was actually called the Third Imperium, uh, and the Solomani sphere oh. still. I think they still hold Earth. Help us, Mukiwan Kenobi. You're yes. our only hope. But that that book, uh, basically, instead of being over Spinward Marches, way over here, it's way down where Earth is. Because that's was kind of the cool thing about the original Traveler setting. Earth is very, very, very far away. Yeah. And they have a whole backstory reason why there were older human civilizations on in other planets, like the Volani, which are the people that started the Imperiums. Um, their civilization technologically advanced civilization was over 10,000 years old by the time earth humans figured out how to they figured out jump space technology 
So there, there's a in that particular book, it's, there's a. It's very similar to the Honor Harrington verse in that respect. Less cats. Less cats. <laughs> <laughs> and less acceleration curves. But there, there, and less less bookkeeping. <laughs> but there, there is um, there, there's a, a a thing where they're talking about the Volani visiting Earth, and it's like, oh, here, these are the Great Pyramids. They're eight thousand years old. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. How, how how cute. Yeah, we've we've had we've had jump drive for ten thousand years. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quaint. It's very very nice. You guys were still building out of mud back then. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's. Um, and that's an interesting setting too, and it takes place at an earlier period of time. But I would look at that, um, and then of course uh, I mentioned Journal of Traveler's Aid Society. Now, a lot of that, most of what you're going to find in those books is not going to be history or setting material. Yeah. A lot of it, it, it's got a lot of equipment stuff in it. It usually has a couple ships, a couple adventures, some NPCs, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, parsing through his one sentence question. If you know all of that, and that's all, you're all cool with that because because the, maybe the meat of the question is, uh, I'm seeking an overall timeline slash history for a new game group. You're gonna find that you're gonna find that on the wiki. I don't know if you're right. gonna find and that anywhere else. And you're gonna need to find a, a section of that giant thing. There's a little there's a little line in there and play in there and play and within a, those parameters. And I'll tell you, unless you're talking about when the frontier wars are, because because yeah. I think they're they're. Fifth Frontier War was the last one, most recent one in the timeline. They made games for those, so there's more fluff for those time periods. I don't know if there was one for the first, but I think there there was more than one game based on those things. Yeah, and those were war games; those were not RPGs. No. But there may be more information there. They all, also one of the references here, and I never played Mega Traveler. I've heard Mega Traveler was shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I preferred Traveler itself rather than yeah. Mega Traveler. But uh, there's a, apparently the Mega Traveler Imperial Encyclopedia. That might be something that's going to have a lot of setting material. That's very, very true. Yeah. And I, I think that what Stork was saying was very on point. Pick a, a, a place and a time and kind of take that vertical slice yeah. of it and do that. And don't really worry so much about what's going on on either side of it. Right. Um, I think you're going to have more success with a game if you make it very personal. For the player characters, and stay away from ship combat. It's ironic that a space traveling game is not very exciting when it comes to ship combat. Uh, it, it's complicated. It's very complicated. It's also unrewarding. It feels it feels empty, like space. <laughs> right. It's big. It's fast. It's huge. It's really, 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 really big. big. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm, I'm, mucking around I'm just space. looking. Oh, there it is. Mega Traveler Imperial Encyclopedia by Mark Miller, 1987. Soft cover, $12.99. On eBay right now. And I guarantee you're going to fall down the rabbit hole of looking this stuff up like we all do. Like I was doing with the Indikai wikis. Oh, well, that's cool. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? And then the next thing you know, you're like 30 tabs in and you're still, oh, God, I got to back back out and figure out where you were again. It's, it can get, you fall down that rabbit hole of this stuff. I, I, I think sometimes it's easier to say, well, this guy's the emperor and I'm going to stick you in some backwater. And you say backwater, but they can have all kinds of exciting things that happen that you create on your own. He's the emperor currently, and you're millions of light years away from all of that. Go ahead and have fun. Because uh, that way, looking at looking at the play around at the um, uh, Imperial Encyclopedia, uh, the table of contents: battlefields of the rebellion, chronology of recorded history, the emperor's list, nobles, two chapters on library data. Then it goes on to other stuff, but. That might be that might be a, a a worthwhile resource. I personally would probably, if you if you can get a copy of it cheap, I'd get that. But I, I would just look through the um, 
that wiki that yeah, wiki, the wiki the wiki is has more than enough information to just tons. give you a starting point yeah. but it's going to take more time because everything's kind of spread out mm-hmm. and you're going to have to kind of piece together the narrative yourself there is Except for that that book that I know of, there is no one place you can go to find it a history. Of I it. haven't Googled Traveler Condensed Overall Timeline. There might be something it's out there. Probably I in haven't the Googled it. It's probably in the wiki. If it exists, yeah. the closest thing I found, I didn't look for an actual timeline, but the closest thing I found was the was the um, the Emperor's List, which gives you a few major points in, in history. Oh, look, there might be a timeline. Oh, look at that. There's Oh, oh yeah. There you go. Stu will put it in the show notes. Rise of the Villani starts at negative 10,000. <laughs> Stu wasn't wrong. <laughs> and then uh, First Imperium, negative 4,000 to negative 2,500. Interstellar Wars from 2,400, negative 2,400 to 2,300. Second Imperium from negative 2,200 to negative 1,800. Is that in the wiki? What's, what's a page? This is on the wiki, oh, okay. yeah. And then the Long Night, and then it's got, it's got entries, not for everything, but it's got entries by century. There you go. So when you get all the way up to the uh, rebellion, oh, oh, the rebellion collapse and the virus, that's from Mega Traveler. That I know. <laughs> but if you go look at the 1100s, I'm sure there's a big yeah. There you go. Actually, See, oh, then it goes by year. Look you know what? This. Google some of this stuff. You might be surprised. <clears throat> but again, it's Traveler with two L's, and all of that stuff that was written 20, 25, 30 years ago is what people use. That's Holy cool. metric! This is vast. Yeah. It's like, no, it's I just clicked on the year 1107, which is sort of a default year to play the game, and it has event 1107 events for the Third Imperium, for the Aslan or the Aslan Hierate, for the Droin, for the Hivers, for the Kakri, and he's the already Solani. he's followed down the rabbit hole while we're on online here. This is <laughs> you're going to be we've lost two. He's gone. Holy metric! That's, and there's a huge page for just Third Imperium, and it just goes on and on and on. There's your next year worth of reading. Easily. Easily. And looking at tables. In and four charts. years, when you when you resurface and yes. you're ready to run your game. <laughs> game, you'll know it. But it, if you want to run a third Imperium game, pick a time. Yep. I'll tell you the default is is usually 1107, 1106, somewhere in there. Um, and Because that's right just before, the I think, the Fifth Frontier War starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Pick where you want to have it. And that's also another rabbit hole you can fall down because each one of these sectors has a different politics and rules and oh, things. Yeah. And so, you know, figure out what, what that. And again, you might want to wait till after character gen to figure out what kind of characters. If everybody makes a politician lawyer, you, you know, you might have a lot more fun in the core worlds, I guess we were saying, than you would in the sword worlds. Or politicians in the sword worlds. That might be a lot of fun too. So again, I mean, this, stuff is, this stuff is vast. It's been around a long time. There's a lot of info out there. And there have been a lot of people playing it. Yeah. yeah. If you want to follow canon, a lot of stuff. we never really followed canon. We would, we would use the Emperor's name and then go off and do our own thing. Because again, if you're, if you're playing, you're going to be creating your own history as you go. Sometimes you don't want to be beholden to too much baggage. Yeah. I, I, that's, I agree with that. Lots. Yeah. I, it's, it bothers me. I'm like, oh, wait, what, what year is it? Oh, no, you, I'm sorry. You guys can't be doing that because uh, actually he has to die later. So you can't actually interact with him. Sorry. Oh well, yeah, you can't be a slave to canon like that. Yeah. Chromatic Chameleon uh, on the in the chat room says you can go to uh, Far Future Enterprises and buy the Traveler CDs uh, hey. for about the price of a new book, but they have hundreds of Traveler books. But that history is pretty spread out. Unless yeah. unless it maybe it comes with the that Imperial Encyclopedia. If it does, there you go. That'd be handy. I actually have fun researching that stuff. I love I love I go down that rabbit hole oh, and I'll yeah. spend days oh, yeah. just doing it, and it is fun. But you can get. Really, really lost. I've been, I've been, I'm working on the Vast Dominions uh, setting book right now, um, and I've been working on the timeline for it. And it, 
my god. That's actually it's hard. It it's is. Work. It is. Especially, it's like okay, what was the name of that ship that I had over here five years ago? Oh yeah, that, that ship. Yeah, I want to have that. Kind of gives you new uh, respect for uh, oh. old J.R.R. there, who oh. uh, you know with his with his Silmarillion, all that history stuff he wrote. So just so he could write the three books. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, they. I mean, I, I think a lot of authors do that, don't they? They, they do. They basically, write like a setting Bible first, sure. and then. Yeah. I mean, Anne McCaffrey, love him or hate him, she spent a lot of time developing that world and then was able to play around in it once she'd set up her history and was able to write back, you know, ancient history stuff, you know, for stuff, future. Anyway, it pays off as a writer, but that's kind of what you're doing as a GM mm-hmm. is creating these worlds and you have to make sure you know what you're doing or at least a skeleton of it and then you can yeah. pretend that you had that planned all the time. Exactly. I just wish wikis were easier to. To write, write stuff for and link stuff around in. Oh. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, thank you very much, there, yeah, that Bud. For one sentence question, it sparked lots of discussion. Thank you. Question right. from Jonas Larson. Greetings, That's Happy Jacks. Jonas Larson. I thought my letter writing days were over. My last letter was supposed to be the peak of my writing, and by extension, also the peak of your show. How do you know if you've reached the peak if you don't have the descent into obscurity? That's, that's, that's a valid point. That's the Tao of, of I didn't of think... Stew. Well, he's actually going to explain oh, in a minute. Right. I didn't think that my eloquent Swedish writing would be needed again, but <laughs> I didn't know that you would start to read letters from Denmark and Finland oh. instead. Well, you know... I know, I know, I know. It's it dark and they're up late, too. <laughs> I know, I know. It can happen to everyone. I once got a letter from Denmark asking me about armor class. I haven't read it yet. But not everyone has my willpower. It's okay. They probably didn't understand it when they wrote it to you anyway. (laughs) And speaking of willpower, I actually need your help. My wife is a gamer like me. Good on you. We are currently playing Mutant Year Zero together. Okay, now... Triple on you, because that's a spectacular game. Everybody has been... I'm going to have to go buy a copy of this, because uh, recently, all you Swedes and Scandinavians have been touting this. And I get it, because it kind of well, came out of there. Mutant Year Zero is a free league I, I, title, I, like I, Tales from a Loop. Right. And... Um, uh, they're spectacular And it's games. like 20 years old, the original and such. But I'm going to have to buy one, I think, and, uh-huh. and really give it a, a, a good run. Maybe run it. Just because it, you guys all seem to be bananas about it. And I uh, get it. It's your D&D. They're, I get they're it. great, great stuff. Um, and she's gamed enough to recognize the difference between GURPS and Savage Worlds. Um, through smell, GURPS smells sweeter. Yeah! 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 One day she told me that she recently learned from some of her female colleagues... That some of her female colleagues have always wanted to try pen and paper RPGs, and she bragged and told them that her husband was an awesome GM, and he would gladly run a couple of sessions for them and her. You would, wouldn't you? She asked me, looking into my eyes with something I should have recognized as a warning sign. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'm glad to. One of the tenets of Happy Jacks is that you always shall try to bring new people into the flock, and good! They want you to run this. She interrupted and shoved a dilapidated box into my lap. I gazed downward. It was the Elf Quest role-playing game. Using the Elf Quest game by Chaosium. 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 The using the basic role-playing engine. Burp. Burp. Which isn't a bad engine. It's it's if you like percentile dice. Yeah. And charts. And you have to realize that you only make people roll under. Specific circumstances, because mm-hmm. it's it's expensive to get skills up to the point where you're going to succeed a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I gave my wife the stiff kind of smile you do when you don't want to fight. She thanked me and said that she would look forward to it and it was going to and it was going to be fun to do something other than work together with her colleagues. Mm. The problem is that I don't want to run this. I learned GURPS in Savage Worlds so my pathetic discount brain wouldn't have to learn new shit. Right? Sounds like story. Right? <laughs> I'm Scandinavian now. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 we're very, hey, we're very it's a pragmatic too. people. <laughs> hey, I'm Scandinavian too. Of course, you know he's already dogged on my my people because my family's from Denmark. So is mine. Well, no, mine's Sweden. Anyway, uh, and the few times I've played Chaosium games have been lackluster experiences. I'm not even into Elf Quest that much. It's not super bad. I've actually read it before, but I'm afraid that I will re- regret it at my deathbed if I read it twice during my lifetime. Oh yeah, Snowshoe and her wolf riders will come in and save the day. <laughs> what I normally do is to convert games like this to Savage Worlds without telling anyone. <laughs> but my wife is too smart for a simple parlor trick like that. I still asked her that if she thought it would be a viable idea, and she said that her friends wanted the genuine experience from their old ElfQuest game. They bought it several years ago and have been waiting to figure to forever to find a GM that can run it. Oh, come on. We bought this game. We just need to find someone to GM. Too bad none of us can GM yeah. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know that the right thing to do is to let a little part of my soul die to bring the joy of pen and paper role-playing to others. But I need advice on how to survive it. Please, Happy Jacks, help me do this. What are your tips for running settings and systems that you can't force your black lump of a heart to love? Okay, before we even even go into advice, I have to have to clarify something. You don't need to worry about letting a piece of your soul die. You're a GM. You don't have one. Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, ironically, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I just put up uh, Season 2, Episode... Three of the GM briefing for the Patreon Patreon subscribers, uh, which is about I think that's the one finding your fun. That is, if you're in a game and you're not really having fun in it, find the little bits and pieces within the game that you enjoy doing and concentrate on that stuff. Whether that's world building, developing NPCs, or whatever that is, because it you can find your fun even in a game that you're not having a blast. He's right, and uh-huh. ultimately, if your players are having fun, it doesn't matter. Whether you enjoy doing this or not, you're going to gain joy. It's a feedback loop. If they're giggling yes. and having a great time, it should be a feedback. Loop. It's going yes. Yeah. Ideally, when you're when the game is really going right, it's a feedback loop. And if they're enjoying themselves, you're going to enjoy the fact that they're enjoying themselves. And and I'm going to echo what Stu said. Find your fun. I mean, if you're not digging, if you don't dig the mechanics, well, maybe you want to minimize that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and. If you don't, <coughs> if the setting doesn't really do it for you, find something about the setting you can like, and set your game there. But again, you might be beholden to your players because it sounds like they really have some ideas. They've been waiting ten years to get to play this, so that's true. They may really have some ideas of their own, which again, you can just you can just divorce yourself from the setting and say to yourself, "This is for them. They want to play this. <coughs> I'm going to give them carte blanche. They're going to play yeah. this. They're going to do this. You're going to do this, and watch the joy on their faces." Now, here's the thing that I'm worried about is that your dislike of this might bleed over into them. What we want you want them to do when you bring new people into the fold is to have a good time. You want them to come back for more. Yeah. You yes. want them to enjoy to learn what how the great ga- the world that role playing games are. So you really need to make sure that their first game or first couple of games are 
a lot of fun for them. Right. You need to give this to them. Yes. Because <laughs> because if you give this to them and they like it and they have a good time with it, then when you've played this, they're gonna they're gonna come back and they're gonna want another game, and you can say, so about this Savage Worlds thing, yes. or about this GURPS thing. That's exactly right. Or you know. Or hey, you, you guys really dug Game of Thrones, right? Let's talk some Game of Thrones. No, you're absolutely right. That's and that's where I was going. With that which yeah. is which is if they enjoy this, if you get them, if you get them hooked, you may only have to play a couple of sessions of this, and then you can move them on, like yeah. he like he says. But it's it's you don't want to turn them off. You really want to give them what they want. And I would even say that their first couple of games just Monty Hall the hell out of it. Yeah, whatever just, they want to do, let them do it. Find your fun, and I think where you're going to find your fun in this is the enjoyment of playing. With people for whom the hobby is brand new, yeah, because people for whom the hobby is brand new are uh, it, it, they're just like this fountain of, of energy and this fountain of of excitement because it's all brand new to them. Yeah. They're not jaded and old and, and beaten down and, and worn like us. Oh wait, was that was that just me? Yeah, yeah, and me too. I'm in the room. It's all right. Okay. And and here's the thing: they don't know that the rules suck. It's going to be the only rules that they know. And as we said earlier. You can hide a lot of the mechanics from them. They're just going to roll dice and look up at you expectantly, and then you can tell them what happens. So it, the, the burden's on you. Sorry. And I get it. That's the hard part, and it's not fun, because you're going to have to shoulder the responsibility. You're going to have to just just, you know, just as, take it like a Viking and as, deal with it. <laughs> as GM, sometimes we have to run games that maybe we're not stupid geeked out about. Yeah. Because, well, last time we got to run a game that we were stupid geeked out about, and the player's... You know, did what went down our path. Give them this one. It's been my experience too that the game that you, as you've said numerous times, I'm going to paraphrase it. The game that we have in our heads that we want to run is never the game that ends up getting run. So, so after a while as a GM, you just get used to disappointment. Like the line from Princess Bride: "I must know." Used to disappointment. Okay. On the other hand, I just want to say, and this is speaking from experience, divorce isn't that bad. I mean, once you get over the initial sticker shock when you divide everything up and writing big checks, and the, you know the, the 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 extended grief period, it's you'll be fine. <laughs> run the fucking game. Don't listen. Run the fucking game. Run the fucking game. And not only run the fucking game, but find a way to have fun with it and find a way to be excited about it. Yeah, I my way to do it would be, would be to feed off your players. I think Jim's way to do yeah. it is to find a, a really cool part of the setting. You yeah. were saying you yeah. enjoy the that setting. you can play with. It's yeah. something that that you think is interesting, and play with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do that a lot. I mean, they that one of the one of the th- when I when I first time we ran L five R, I'm like, so everyone's supposed to be from a different clan. How's that work? How the so they hell all show you, up and hate each other? How do you glue that together? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, and so I didn't. I didn't do that. I came up. I made made up a family that was part of an existing great family within a clan and and said okay everyone belongs to this but you know you're yeah like when you read the book the l5r book he's right the first thing you read is like you know everybody doesn't like everybody distrust each other yeah, so all, all the clans hate so, each other so they all show up and they immediately start hitting on each other and you're like and the game's over in one session because you all you know went into duels the hitting on each other not in a good way yeah it's that's vampire oh <laughs> so it's or apparently my pirate game oh is there a lot of is there a lot of love in the pirate game awesome yeah well, I have I have Joey and Mary. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing that I would do, which I get I, it's probably going to have to happen anyway, which is uh, send them a list of questions or something, 
uh, and have them sort of fill that out ahead of time. But then do character gen together. Definitely. And you, because you want to make sure that their wolf rider is going to mesh with the other person's song spinner and uh, <coughs> all, all of that stuff. And and, you, and that way you're going to get a better handle on it too. And as they as they roll characters and stuff, they're going to figure out a bit more about the system. But please don't let them roll their characters ahead of time and I, then they show up. I just realized why he doesn't want to run this game. Well, I, be, I, I looked it up. Oh, okay. It was published in 1978. Yeah, it's, it's re- going to be a freaking rules it mess. Is. Well, it's BRP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's 78. Just like, top, <laughs> remember how Top Secret was, oh my god, it's full of charts. Yeah, it's you know, that. Well, it, I've played Top Secret. I actually done <laughs> Top Secret. It you was probably a, only played can, part of Top Secret. <laughs> Who ran it? Well, the last time I played it, uh, Kadave and, and Rob. You probably played part, part of, of Top it. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> they were apologizing for the game system the I'm whole sure time. I'm sure they were. They were. And I was like, As, well, they should. They should never do things like that to people. <laughs> Um, so, and my other thought is when I read this too, is that my, as my final parting shot, which is uh, having after you navigate your way through that, and if you really, really don't like it, just have a backup plan, which is after character gen, make their characters in Savage Worlds or such, and have that standing by. And you could say things like, "Ladies, I, I've run five sessions of this, and I, I'm just having a hard time with the system. I have a better idea. Why don't we pick up the story and we'll run it in this system with these characters? I've just kept your characters up to date and moved them over." I don't. I. I I don't have a gripe with keeping that in your pocket, um, but I might let them initiate that, okay. if possible. If when they if when they say something like, "Wow, that seems really complicated," or or that's really they compl- won't know because it's honest, their first game. They'll know if something's complicated mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know how much basic role playing has changed from BRP. Yeah, it has from this to to now. It hasn't. It's a workable system. Yeah. Especially if there's not a lot of combat. It, it, it's, it's a playable system. I would actually have a harder time with the setting, personally. Yeah. Because... I don't even know what the I've, setting is. I've read ElfQuest, and the whole thing just left me totally cold. Well, it she, was She was working on it. Wendy Peeney was working on it for like 30, 35 years, and it came out in from, I'm going to say, like eight different publishers, I think starting with Eclipse, and then she was self-published, and then yeah. she oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't even like the artwork. I'm sorry. I didn't. Well, <laughs> I, I'm looking at when but the book was opinion. published. That's just my opinion. Not, not the RPG. Yeah. When is the RPG? Oh, the RPG was published in 89. You're fine. That's, a, that's uh, almost the modern era of RPGs. <laughs> ElfQuest is sort of... If, if you think Traveler's a mess, ElfQuest is just as bad with all the clans and the begatting and there's very... Sp- uh, it's. She has a whole timeline out there. I'm sure you can go to the ElfQuest <laughs> wiki and work that yeah. out, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's out there. You may have to bite the bullet and read some books. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if, if they really want this game, maybe it's because they read the books when they were younger. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Probably. That, that is probably exactly why they want it. And and to be fair, the Elfquest mythos is very Scandinavian, kind of in flavor, and, and fine. it's very it's not it's not Western Europe. It's really much well, maybe it is. I don't know. There's a lot of Northeastern Europe, wolves and snow, and yeah, it's it's very wolves and snow. It's kind of yeah, thing. It's more of your Nordic short elf than your tall, elegant Tolkien elf. I'm falling down Just the rabbit saying. hole of Elfquest. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good at rabbit holes. Yes, because I've been listening to I. I've, Totally gotten off on a Neil Gaiman kick in my book listening lately, and he started by reading his uh, uh, Norse Mythos book, mm-hmm. which you know I swear to God I could listen to that man read a phone book. He's good. 
He's good. Uh, and then <coughs> I'm listening to American Gods, and all day long I'm listening to this thing. I'm going, I really want to run an American Gods game now. That's something I need to watch. I have this free time now. I'm catching up on stuff. I forgot about American Gods. It's going on the list. Oh, I was wrong. Elf Quest, the original box set, came out in '84. Yeah. That's the Middle Ages of RPGs. It's not quite the Dark Ages. The Dark of Ages RPGs. is the '70s. Well, he. He says that they've had it for not too long. They also came out with another ElfQuest box set in 87. It's just they bought it several years ago. Uh, he specifically said 84 at one point. Oh, oh he did. You're right. Printed nope, in 84. 84. So right. he's got the original box. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck. Yeah. I, I hope it goes well. Like I said, try to find your fun yeah. in it. And BRP is not... If the system has remained unchanged it's basically since 84... It really has not changed It's not that bad of a, a system. No, no, it's, it's fine. Just, it's just doing things. It's you can either have a broad range of skills, little bitty skills, or you can which have which are almost useless. Which are almost useless, or you can have one or two skills that you're really good at, and right. then be really sucky at other things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of you know that's, that's kind of the way Elf Quest was. Too. Well, that's the way BRP is. But uh, yeah, but the elves were really you know the guy that was really great at swords could not shoot a bow. No, no, that's just the way Elf well, Quest was. I mean, that's they were. They were that, also, you can make arguments for that, like like reality check arguments for that. True. Also, don't start them as novice characters. Mm. Give them some some teeth under them. Oh, to yeah. to give that'll them, help. That that'll might be, help with your. That might be part of the questions you might want to ask. Low them. percentage numbers. Yeah. yeah. For your skills, I and and the the the, the biggest thing that I've found with um, BRP is. You, you really only want to make people make skill rolls when they're under some kind of pressure. Yeah. You're not going to have someone make yeah, a driving roll well, I'm talking about like Call of Cthulhu, when they're driving to the store. Right. You're going to have them make the driving roll when they're trying to avoid an accident. Or being pursued. Or, 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 or they're in a high speed chase. Or there's an Elder God on the roof. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Then Clearly. No, no holds barred. <laughs> but I mean... This and I and I, I don't remember which version of the if it was that I re- I read, but I read one version of BRP where it talks very specifically states that you only ask for these kind of roles when you're under specific uh, kinds of circumstances. When right. You're un- when there's a time pressure or when there's you're under fire or right. you know there's well, some sort of stress. Take that's causing. I, I totally agreed, and to cast it in an in a um, elf quest kind of thing, you don't. I would not make you roll a, a riding roll to jump your wolf over the chasm unless you're being chased by beasties. Sure. Because like, you're going you're gonna to back up and make sure you got plenty got, of space, yeah. you're going to get everything right. You're gonna, right. As opposed to, oh shit! Right. So then you're, Only yeah. when, you're, uh, when you're under specific duress. Yeah. My style is a little different. I'll have you roll anyway, but usually I just say, just don't fail. But the problem is, right. in BRP games, Fails unless you're unless you you're fail making, a lot, you fail unless a lot. you're making unless you're making a character who's specializing in one or two skills, when you're like totally min-maxing it, all your skill levels are going to be like twenty five. Really, really more of a critical fail because that sometimes happens. And the interesting things can happen. Yeah, but that's that's the only. And, but it, it, but we but you've been doing that now recently anyway. Not critical fail thing, but the but the whole just roll when you when it's important. Roll when you need to. I mean, yes. we've got all the way up to. Almost blows up, and you're like, okay, now you guys got to roll for this now. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's probably the way you should play any role-playing game, especially something that gets so crunchy, maybe, as, as burps, which is 
burps. Only raw when you got it. <laughs> Why didn't they name it burps? <laughs> burps basic. and burps. Yep, basic role. I think it's called burps. BRP. Burp. Yeah. It's called burp. Burp. Basic role play system. Yes. They, I think they just call it basic role playing. Okay. Burps. Blurb. I think. Blurb. And there used to be a core. Have they come out with a new core book? They were talking about coming out with I, I think I bought it. I think so. I know there was an older one that had the. Yeah, the, the Vitruvian Man. That's an older one. That's the one I bought. I oh. think there's a, new, a newer one. I I, maybe there isn't. I don't know. Uh, I remember playing it when um, Weasel Creature's wife, Lily, ran her game, and she ran it in burps, and I like, well, it's kind of easy, it's kind of fun, so I bought it. But I didn't realize they had a new one, which explains I, why the book is so cheap. They, I don't know if they do or if they're coming out with a new one. Oh, no, they're still showing showing the that guy. Well, maybe here's a thought. Maybe you can take some of the stats and things from the old game and then use the new burps, which has got to be much more elegant. It probably hasn't changed that. that much. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. And, and the things that they have changed are going to just help you. But I'm betting you can probably run it in modern-day burps. There's been a lot of yes. playtesting since yes. 1984. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine. Yes. Now, there's going to be things specific to ElfQuest that you can <sighs> then transplant without right. too much. Money. Right. But this is, again, it's going to require some work on your part, but I don't think it's un- insurmountable. And especially... You know, you can learn as the game goes too. You don't need to learn know the game backwards and forwards by character gen. You don't even need to know it first episode or first. first but but eventually, you're all going to be learning it together. Right. I agree. Yeah. You can make it fun. Find your fun. Divorce is But I'd buy the new version too and double check and cross reference. <laughs> like, how does initiative resolve in this one? Oh, that's much easier. We're doing it this way. They won't really know. And don't if they do complain, you say, "Look, I'm just I, okay. I just updated." Really don't. I mean. Yeah. I collect ex-wives. Anyway. <laughs> really, I threw mine away. <laughs> um, so, uh, any any gaming-related New Year's re- resolutions? I'm not really the New Year's resolution kind of person. Oh, I don't really fail. <laughs> I don't have any resolutions, but I, mm-hmm. I have been thinking about writing a system or a setting for your game. Okay. I was trying to come up with a game for the, the latest con, and I started working on this sort of backstory stuff, and I realized, this makes a better setting than a game. Hmm. Now, whether that comes to fruition or not, I don't know. But again, right. I've started falling down the uh, the uh, rabbit hole of uh, cor- uh, Corbys and Crows and Ravens. Right. Oh my. Yeah. I, I'm going to publish Moment of Truth in, in 2018, because well, I'm paying money right now to have it edited. Yeah, so I, it's like I said, it's not really a resolution, but I am going to publish Bad Streets in two thousand eight. Oh, see, you got you have resolutions. You like? Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> well, no, it's not really a resolution. It's just I'm going to do this. Okay, all right. You just happen to be doing it right around New Year's, so it's not a resolution. Okay. Me, me, me. Um, and I want to start. I want to start. Um, not Vastimines. Uh. The Traveler one, Ashes of Exodus. I want to start that. I want to r- start running that campaign again, probably after Fair. I'd like I'd like to play in that if opportunity okay. allows. Because I think one of the one of the problems with the last time I tried to run it is I basically had like a, a pool of people and I just need four to show up. Right. The problem was it was really hard getting four to show up. Right. You, you need so sad because you, the, the reason you set it up was like a one shot game, so anybody can show up. And it should be easy. Anybody who has time it can show ep- up. It's it meant to be out. very episodic, except Rob shows up and it's like separates 
the party that's at the table from the ship because the, the, the concept of it was because everyone who's made characters is a crew member on the ship because uh-huh. it's got a lot of people on it, right? right? It's a big ship. It's a generation ship, right? No, 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 no. Oh, the generation ship was already there. The, the generation ships happened hundreds of years ago. Or, well, no. The they gen- started hundreds of years ago, didn't yes, they? Yes, but the, 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 this is a jump ship that uses technology that at this point is probably 25, 30 years old. Right, right, right. I remember. So, but the, they've got a, a fairly large ship, and there probably has a crew of 25 or 30 people yeah. on it. So anyone can make characters, and they're on there. And just who, whoever happens to show up that day, they go down for the adventure. But then things went off on a left turn, and they left the ship... On a gas giant, orbiting a gas giant, and stole another. Not stole, and but everybody went incognito and tried to get back to home base and left the ship where they and were. That, and you're and like, you know what your mistake here was, right? Sp- having Robin the game. Yes, <laughs> and they're spread out over yeah. like nine parsecs. <laughs> I mean, over like three systems. Yeah, like what did you do? But um, I'm running uh, one shot of it at the next con, uh, which takes place at a different planet and it has a very specific mission. Um, but I would like to pick that game up with that or with that original ship. Maybe where it, it had ended. Because yeah. it ended at an interesting spot. And they're just stuck at a gas station. No, a gas station well, they, they, they basically had jumped to a star. Yeah. They didn't even realize it was a star system. They had coordinates, like jump coordinates, from one system. Well, let's not spoil it. Well, I'm, I'm sure people have listened to it by now if they're ever going to listen to it. Okay. And they ended up jumping to a system that basically wasn't visible because it had like a, I don't know what they call it, like a brown dwarf or a gray dwarf. It's like a... a, 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 a most, brown dwarf. Dying star. A mostly dead star. Right. And it, it's there's it's a, a blave star, a blave, <laughs> and there's the blave, and there's a planet, and there's a bunch of stealth. Well, there's a bunch of ships there that don't have markings and don't have transponder codes, but they're definitely government ships because they see one up close, barely get away with their lives. But now they know that there's something going on in this place with this burnt out star, because there's a bunch of people doing shit on this planet. Yeah, so. Cool. That's kind of where I left it, and I would like to bring that back. And you've had requests for it? Uh, a few, yes. Yes. Well, give, the, give the people what they want. I, I will. I'm a, that, and that's actually a setting I would like to publish, because now they, they've kind of opened up. They almost have an OGL for uh, the Traveler setting now. But do they? Yeah. Oh, how awesome. So I, I, I may take that, what I've worked on for that setting, and... Uh, well, and... Flesh it out. Your mic just dropped. I did? Mic My drop! And that, and that could go back to our no, other. No, no, too, too loud. Jeez. <laughs> testing, testing. You're, is that you're better? Good. All right, good. so then go back to our other one too, which is you know wait till the OGL comes out and then just come up with your own. Because uh, he was talking about what what he should do for timeline and history. Well, I think he wants traveler. to run something in third period. It's true for the traveler. So, okay, there you go. Any predictions on on what's going to happen next year in in the RPG hobby? I think there's going to be a massive re- reworking of the of the fi- uh, five, e- uh, fi- five Rings game. L5R. I, th- I think that there's a lot of work that still needs to happen with L5R. I'm not sure I even like it yet. There's I'm, a lot of uh, ambiguity online about how the dice mechanics work, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out why because I read it and I'm like, it says you do this step and then you do this step. And there's people who are like assuming that that's not. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I haven't read through the entire version for beta. I'm I'm a little. Um, I have a tiny, tiny amount of dread 
about the fact that we now have rules spread into two different books. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because the, <laughs> the yeah, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a massive rewrite, <coughs> and then I have a feeling there's going to be a big, like, any... Do you think it'll come out next year? I, I do. I think they're mostly done. I have a feeling that um, I just think that it needs to be play tested more. I don't. I think they've rushed it. I don't think they play tested enough. But I don't well, know. They got. There's a lot to. of play testing going on right now. I guess. I guess. I mean, we're slow pokes in this because you know we're like, well, we're going to do this. And we're but it's funny because the the, the the all the rewrites have only come out recently. Really, I mean, they've had a couple of updates, so they really weren't massive. The big only massive f- one only came. four. Yeah, well, only four, and it's been out for. A few months, a months, a couple of months. Is that enough it to play not, test it, again? They weren't. They they refused to even talk about the RPG at Gen Con because I asked right. a couple times, right. a couple people that work for FFG, and, and they they're complete, like, "Yeah, we have this card have game. Have you seen the card game? <laughs> yeah. Look at the card game, and the, you can see the like lobotomy scar on the yeah. side of the head." Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a great card game you got there. Are you okay? <laughs> but and then I don't know. It was like what a month or two later. They'd like. Okay, here's the data. Like, Surprise! You fuckers! I asked you about this. You should have given me the scoop. Yeah, I wouldn't. I should. I did. I need to put a press thing in my yeah. Hand. <laughs> oh, here we go. We're going to brand new game. Ah, is there anything you want to say to the American public? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I'm working because I'm, I'm working on the Vast Dominion setting for for Moment of Truth, which is the space has it down. You fly dirigibles in space thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and. It, one of the things I'm going to make for it are basically sort of like news reels, um, dun, da, 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 da. but they're going to be audio because everyone's got a receiver on their ship to receive, yeah, that's awesome. to get to the telewave signals. <clears throat> so I'm going to make a bunch of those, and I, I, I own vastdominions.com, so I'm going to publish a lot of them there. But I was just watching a league of their own. Girls I had girls in the house. No, keep it there. It's a really good movie. You know, I, I love that movie. I'm but they've got you know, it's got uh, Harry Shearer does the voice of these. You know, they've got these sort of and uh, Betty Spaghetti who likes making spaghetti in her in her spare time. And I mean, it's this whole sort of faux newsreel thing going on. So you can check that out for inspiration. Okay, I, I watched um, Good Morning Vietnam mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yes, mm-hmm. not for a long time, but yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah, yes. I hadn't seen it. You know what? It's I'm, a it's a very powerful movie. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm rewatching right now? I give up. Game of Thrones. Ooh. I started at episode I one. Season probably one. watch them. It, oh, I know it's on my list. I don't so have HBO. Good. <coughs> it's so good. So, in terms of things that I think are going to come out, uh-huh. going to happen this year in gaming, I think you're going to see uh. a wild, exploding plethora of very mediocre, powered by the apocalypse. <laughs> are you saying this because yours is so, coming out next year? So this is the. We're we're like in the arc of the new hotness. Mm. You're saying we're about here. I think what you're going to see is it, is it's been climbing, it's been climbing. It's going. There's going to be a drop off, and then it's going to there's going to be another escalation. Oh, so you think it's going to be the new new hotness? I think so. But I think that there's going to be a bunch of games come out that are going to be very mediocre. Because everybody's writing something. More. Oh yeah, because yeah. there are it, because it is from a mechanic standpoint, it is so easy. To do a hack of Apocalypse World, a lot of people co- are doing very half-baked games. Sure. Turns out it's not as easy as people say, That's what it's I've heard. The, the thing that's really hard about it, because having spent two years doing it, is getting everything to fit together right. and have real meaning um, and having the moving parts of your game have real weight to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. 
Um, there will. I, I'm, I'm sure you're right. There's going to be a lot of them because yeah. there's a. I mean, you look at Kickstarter. There's a lot of Kickstarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and on, like I said, on the surface, it looks really, really easy to write a hack of Apocalypse World and to do a surface level hack. It is, but to do something with real meaning to it, with some real oomph right. behind it, takes some more thought and some more work. It's the difference between writing just a setting and writing a whole standalone game. Right. Yeah, I... I and just putting new names on the same yeah. same moves is not a hack of Apocalypse World. That's that's a skin. And that's fine. Well there's nothing wrong with writing a skin. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing... Well what said. What is it called? I can't remember what it's called. Someone made like a meta... Like a powered by the apocalypse hack construction set. Uh-huh. It's called Small World or Thin World or and it's only like 15 pages long. Yeah. And it basically breaks down the mechanics into these things. Now, the playtesting that would need to happen to make sure these things are all working the way they're supposed to work is obviously. Right. Well, but it breaks down the mechanics of it. Uh-huh. There's there's a fundamental difference between writing a skin of Apocalypse World and writing a hack of Apocalypse World. And the difference is this. In a hack, there is something fundamentally different about the rules, about the way the, mecha- the rules work. Right. Um, in a skin, it's the same rules that are Apocalypse World, they just have different names on things. And mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Not a single thing wrong with that. It's just a different thing. Sim- simple World? It's a gift to be simple. It's a gift to be free. <laughs> I think it might be... See, for, for example, in Bad Straits, there are things about the mechanics that work differently. And there are th- focus right. points in um, Bad Straits that <coughs> are very important to how the game works and how the game thinks. And there are things in Apocalypse World that have no meaning in Bad Streets, so, so there's no corollary for them. It's called Simple World. That's the thing I was I was talking about. And they basically have taken the basic framework of Apocalypse World mechanics uh-huh. and baked it down into the point where it's like, determine what your stats are going to be. Here are the stats that it uses. Right. And, 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 and I think there's a lot of good in Simple World. Um, I think it leaves off some very important <coughs> things about writing a meaningful... Hack of Apocalypse, right? I don't. It's not. It's not a. It's it's basically a generic thing, uh-huh. right? It's not. It. I mean, it, it's not. It's not really a construction set, but looking at it, it's a guideline, right? On how to how to get started. When I was first working on Bad Streets, I came up with a ba- with a game, and I thought I had this really. I thought I had a game, mm-hmm. okay, and I ran it, and I realized I had not the first clue what I was actually doing. Oh yeah, and oh, moment of truth. The first game right. I ran. Oh my god! People and people who had done it, and, and people whose names are on books. I was like, so, you know, where am I? Where am I? Have I gone sideways here? And they asked me some pretty fundamental questions, and those fundamental questions were so important mm-hmm. in terms of actually creating a good game. A, a good game, right? Um, things like, what do characters actually do in your game? Mm-hmm. 
What does a character actually do? In one sentence. Right. Whoa. It, and it was a more yep. powerful now thing. That, that has more to do with setting than it does no, with mechanics. No, I don't think no, so. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> because it comes down to what are the basic mechanics about how... About how the game works. I would disagree, because if you were to ask that to Steve Jackson about GURPS, he would say anything they want. Yes, but remember <laughs> that there's a fundamental difference between GURPS no, that's and, what I'm a, saying. and a powered by system. And a powered by system is a very focused thing. On the setting. It's, it's not, all informed by the setting. But it's not just... It's informed by the setting, but it's not just setting information. No, no, I'm it's not saying ma- it's just setting information. I'm saying it's determined by the setting. Because the all of your moves and everything, the stats you pick, everything is going to be determined by the setting. Whatever feel you're trying to create is going to inform every decision you make when you make a power by the That's a true stat. statement, yes. Right. That is a true statement. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying the setting specifically, but the setting is going to inform every game mechanic you have right. in that game. Whereas if you're writing... Steve Jackson wrote GURPS. He right. didn't give a fuck about setting when he wrote GURPS. He's trying to come up with a machine to... To reflect reality, yeah, it, basically, it, it's a universal system. And always, apocalypse strikes me as a genre. Oh, it specific. absolutely is. I, uh, I mean, apocalypse world games are, are very focused, very focused, very specific things. And, yeah. and they're also and they're trying to accomplish a very specific thing. Yeah. For example, okay, the sprawl is cyberpunk. Right. That's that's it's it's cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are two offshoot games from the sprawl. That exist right now. Uh-huh. One is called the Sprawl Touched, and it is Shadowrun. Okay. And you then have, another one is it. called Tears and Kisses in the Rain, which and it's it's Tears and Kisses in the Rain, a cyberpunk fable. That that totally sounds like oh, what's the name of that writer? God damn it! You uh, wrote Idoru Gibson. Gibson, Gibson, William. Um, that totally well, sounds like Wibs, well, William a lot Gibson of the cyberpunk. a lot of the inspiration for Tears and Kisses was things like, well, I'm not going to go into that. But my point is, these two other games are different. Right. But they were but they were in some ways informed by the sprawl. Sure. Okay? Um, but the authors were trying to accomplish a different thing right. with them. Right. But, but it, all, it, it all comes down to setting. Right. I, I, think, I think you guys are both right, but I don't think you can separate the setting from Apocalypse World... As easily as you can to say GURPS, because as I think we've what we've kind of figured out is that Apocalypse World is real genre based and setting is almost setting based, so it's almost they're really intertwined <coughs> when writing a hack or even writing a, a, well, it, a, a reskin. Yeah, you're trying to cre- you're trying to re- what, reflect a reality that's determined by setting. But 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 remember, that's what made GURPS stand out originally was that it was a universal system, which had kind of never really been done before, because up to, up till then most games were all genre specific. <coughs> if you wanted to play with swords and chainmail, you used this game, or here was another game that kind of had its own mythos and such, but there was a, oh, if you wanted science fiction, well, then they had these games. Right. But with GURPS, he said, here's one engine that you can use for all those games, and that's what made it stand out. There, there was actually a mad rush by him, uh, the, the people that made Champions, mm-hmm. and, um, and basic role-playing. Right. They were right. all basically going for that same right, wanting to everything, be the, the Esperanto of role-playing right, games. But everything... Had its what, what I refer to as its origin setting, except for groups. Except for groups, I could buy that. Just, well, that fantasy trip, which, by the way, fantasy is, trip. I've heard he, he, he 
never had the rights for, but he took some of the mechanics from Fantasy but, Trip. But there was, a, there was a thing, I, I would assert, that when Steve Jackson started, write, started writing a game, there was a thing he had in mind. I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. That's never. I'm not going to call him up and argue with him because he's just going to call me an idiot. You have Stork asking that. <laughs> I heard uh, recently. Because, I mean, look at, the, look at the name of it. <laughs> well, no, I, I get mean, that. Look at the name, of the, the name of the game is Generic Universal Role Playing System. I get that. That tells me he was not looking at one specific thing yeah. <laughs> setting in mind. And I heard. Who knows? I have no idea. Did you Maybe hear this he news? That I think he got I know the it, rights it, to Fantasy he Trip? He did. He got the right. He finally got the rights to Fantasy Trip. I guess he. I guess Metagame. What was the name of the company? Metagame something was the company that originally owned it, and it hasn't existed for a long time. Right. And no one really—I don't think anyone really ex- knows who owned it. <coughs> and I, I it think was he lost in the yeah. Somebody was sitting on the copyright and he couldn't get it back. I am—I'm actually excited to see what he does with it in the next couple of years. I don't know if he's going to do anything with it, with it besides republish it. Well, <laughs> because I'll tell you what. What he said about role playing games and their profitability. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's changed in yeah, the last. That's, that's very true. Eight years. <laughs> No, no, it hasn't. Well, I'm going to get some of this bloody horse off of me here. So, uh, all right, I need, we should probably wrap okay, it up. Okay. Well, yeah, we've uh, we hit an hour and a half. So, all right. <laughs> Happy New Year! Yeah. Happy New Year. We hope you enjoyed our little stroll. Play down a game plane. this week. Play a game this week. Oh, there will not be a game this Sunday. There will not be a game this Sunday because There's it is be a party this Sunday. New Year's. I think the next game coming up will be on. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. The next game will be Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Monday. There's no game on Monday. It would. You did pirates this. It's week. Razor Ridge it's coming Ridge. up. Razor yeah, we did. We did pirates last week. Ships blew up. That's awesome. Um, did you plan for ships to blow up? Kill any characters? I guess we'll have but to listen are, to find out. There are unknowns. Okay, mm. all right. There are unknowns. Did any any at this point? I, I I think I went to bed before you guys were done. Did anyone leave the room crying? No, nobody left the room crying. You're a terrible GM. If you don't leave this I had crying. well the week before the week before I had Kurt incapacitated. Okay, all right. Um, Mary got kidnapped. Excellent. Um, Billy the kidnapped. Um, Happy kidnapped. That's um, what, it, but what I was going with. It. It's the the game has evolved in a direction that's not really what I had in mind when we started, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. No, shocked. <laughs> I know, right? We just talked about that. I know, um, but it's 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 being fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I want to get get Gina back because we're, we're missing. We have her back. Now. A voice of reason. Well, no, <laughs> um, it's just. She's not a voice of reason when she plays role playing. Oh, Gina that. has a very powerful. Gina has a very that. powerful character. Yes. Um, not powerful in in mechanic terms, although she is. It's just her character's <coughs> presence is very powerful. Right. Um, and. Uh, it's really she tends to be kind of a narrative setter, I've noticed. A little bit, yeah. Um, she's a very strong player. Yeah. Um, and and for someone who is quiet and soft-spoken, she can be very assertive. I've noticed that. <laughs> Your character in Razor Ridge was astonishing. It was uh, so much right? fun. I'm like, where did that come from? Yep. That was fun. Yep. But right. yeah, Razor Ridge can be fun. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that'll be on Wednesday. Next Sunday, we've got uh, the you know guys. That true? I don't think so. That's fourteen. No, yeah. I got Vampire of the Dark Ages. Oh, that yeah, that's starting oh, up. Yeah. Where I'm playing a gangrel who likes people to eat them. <laughs> he likes to eat them. 
that too. Mm-hmm. But he also enjoys being around them in the dark ages. In the dark ages, Where, when people were not nice to each other anyway. Exactly. And nice. I'm playing a Ventru. So you were like, yeah, you own a monastery. <laughs> what is it? Dark ages. A capitalist. He owns a monastery. He's a Ventru. <laughs> You're an Italian wine merchant. No. no, nobody could afford wine. I don't know. No, actually, I am a um, a knight commander of the Teutonic Order. Nice, <laughs> nice. I'm playing a Scotsman. Nice <laughs> Highlander. Um, right. um, I think um, I don't want to. I don't want to give things away about the other characters. I'll I'll happily talk about mine. But um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun to see. Now, I picked a humanity path. Already. Like, the, 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 well, you, you, in Dark Ages, you just do that, that cool. uh, by default. Yeah. Nice, because it's pre Camarilla. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. So um, paths are fun. It gives you something to do. It gives you a, something to go for. It gives you goals to try to. Mine is one of the most stringent paths of humanity because there's there's several paths. Uh-huh. You have the road road of, of, road of humanity, road of humanity and yeah. path of something, path yeah. of something or other. I don't remember yeah. what it is. That's but one of the tenets of it is you seek to be around other people to keep in touch with your humanity. Okay. And I'm a gangrel. It's going to be awesome because I'm not. It's like, yeah, he's always hanging out with everyone, but no one likes him. <laughs> but he gets. He won't leave. <laughs> yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> right. They never leave the party. They hang out. They're a bore. It's like it's three a.m. Can you go home? You guys got anything more to eat? Is there more wine? <laughs> I think SNL, the original SNL cast, did that. The thing that wouldn't leave. Yeah. Right. It's John Belushi, it's a party guest that would never leave. I think the next Sunday after that, that's <coughs> the 7th, I think. So the 14th would be uh, Saga of the Inokai. Yeah, I think that's right. So hopefully I will have learned the rules for this new game by then. I'm really glad that the rules are concise and not... Right now, fleshed out with a bunch of narrative in between and pictures and stuff. It's right. just it's all you it's, can find like it within a couple of pages. PDF. Yeah. It's still a thick book. Yeah. I, don't know, I printed it out and I bound it, and I don't know what two hundred some odd pages, two hundred seventy five pages right. or something. Yeah, I did too. It cost me a hundred some odd dollars to have it printed out and bound. You should have asked me. I would have just printed you one up. I have a. Oh, that's right. great. Yeah, thank you. Well, sorry, yeah. I have that wide carriage printer. I can print on eleven by seventeen paper and fold it into booklets and oh, okay. slather the glue on it. You can have a cover. Well, when they when they do the next rules revision pass? We can, I'll have you print it out. But I—that's—they're not going to integrate yeah, it. Right. They won't integrate it because they don't do that. Why yeah. would they? <laughs> you went through and had to annotate. I know you were out there. I did a lot annotating. of. I didn't do all of them. I did some of them. Which, anyway, all right. There we go. Uh, right. Let's see. Uh, the next do you have one. an outro that's just as long as your oh, intro? Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, we heard today on Facebook that um, that Pat from uh, Fear the Boot. Mm. Passed away yesterday, so I want to give our condolences to the people at Fear the Boot and his family and all yes. you guys because that's a yes. terrible thing to lose a friend. Yeah, so that's it. Thank you for joining us for season twenty, episode twenty of Happy Jack Service Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Thor. And I am still Jim. And we'll see you next week. Uh, have a good New Year's. And that's it. We'll leave you with a song. And this one, we're going to leave for Pat to the Beat. From Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. Be a trip, so exalted.
Bum, 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 bum.